So uh, as a church body, we have at least two years experience of Christmas up to 74 years of Christmas. Amen. <laughs> so Amen. just put your age in there and see that's your experience of Christmas. Amen. And perhaps maybe awareness is uh, an issue with Christmas. So you, when did you first become aware of Christmas? And because it comes every year and there are messages everywhere around, we, we can tend to start doing Christmas on a very mechanical way, singing Christmas carols in a mechanical way, you know, reading the scriptures at Christmas, eating the food in a mechanical way, because we do it every, every year. My son calls it a muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And once, although muscle memory is a good thing because um, it makes you um, use your time, you know, in, a, in an efficient way. So there is a place for muscle memory. This morning, I believe that certain when it comes to the things of God, muscle memory sh- sh- should not necessarily be um, our default position. Amen. 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 And I, when Pastor asked me on Friday, I said, "Oh," because <laughs> usually I get some notice. So he says, "Don't no, no, just be prepared." And I was just asking God, and I believe what God wants me to to do today is just to remind us of something He said not too long ago. We may have forgotten or it may have passed, but I think the first thing I would like you to take note of today is that there's no expiration time on the word of God. Amen. I believe December 2017, I believe it was actually 17th December 2017, if I'm not mistaken. It was a remarkable day in many ways for me um, in terms of my own personal growth because certain things happened on that day. It was a Sunday and pastor brought a word on the zeal of the Lord. Amen. I believe God has asked me to remind us that the zeal of the Lord will perform the things that he has promised to us. Amen. The zeal of the Lord will perform the things that he has promised to us. Amen. And just a very quick recap. Uh, we will read scriptures uh, towards the end just so that we can maximize on time. Pastor read uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and he read Isaiah chapter 9. And um, the, the word itself is in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 7, 14, right at the end of 14. It says the, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. And I was reflecting on what zeal is. Zeal is passion, you know. Zeal is energy. Zeal, you know, if there's somebody zealous in church, you know, the way pastor is zealous. <laughs> I look at the way he was smiling today and I'm, I can see that energy that I remember he preached a message when we were at um, uh, uh, All Nations Church. And he says, people say you're too this. He says, of course, I have to be excited. I don't have to be morose. I remember those are the words he used. And he carries this energy about him when it comes to the things of God. That's admirable. And because he's at the head, I believe that that zeal is trickling down, you know, to all of us. And it's something that we should embrace and receive. It's that energy, that passion. You know, I thought of a time when the church did something, you know, with zeal and energy and passion. Uh, When it was Laddie's 50th birthday, you know, behind the scenes, uh, with Auntie Dukwe and all the ladies got together and prepared this elaborate celebration that she had absolutely no idea of. 
And when she was invited to eat, she had no idea. So she came in and that was a brilliant surprise. And the work that went into there, the, there were some tears and pain as well that went into there, but it culminated into an, ex, an excellent celebration. That went a lot of passion, a lot of zeal. And when you're thinking of the zeal of the Lord, think about that. You know, God isn't sat there indifferent, away, far away in heaven, you know. And when we say heaven, we always point up because we think geographically it's up. But, you know, we just feel there's a distance between us and God. And there, can, there are times when we do feel that sense of distance from God. I think all of us happen to go through that. Um, but today I want to just remind all of us, including myself, that God is passionate about us. He's passionate about his word over us. And, you know, the word in um, Isaiah 7, uh, 14, um, he was, I'll just give you a brief background from memory. The situation, Ahaz was the king. Ahaz was Hezekiah's father, if I'm not mistaken. He was the king. And at that particular time, because of the apostasy of the nation, the nation had been divided a long time ago. And uh, so Israel, uh, which is called Ephraim here, Israel had gotten into um, an alliance with Syria. And all, all these alliances were being formed because there was a superpower called Assyria that everybody was afraid of. And so um, it happened that Syria and Israel decided to attack um, Judah, where Ahaz was king. And uh, when the message came of that attack coming, Ahaz reacted like any good Christian. He was afraid. And the fear that Ahaz had trickled down to the whole community. The Bible says they were like trees in the wind. Does that sound familiar? When the leaders get afraid, Omicron, the leaders are afraid. It filters into the community and everybody is afraid. And fear was the less. And God moved as Isaiah to go and give him a word to assure him, you know, that things, you know, don't worry about, he called them as smoking firebrands. Don't worry about those two. Nothing that they'll, they're threatening will come to pass. But I think the fear was so uh, internalized that I think it was difficult for Ahaz to, to just grasp what God was doing. And I think we can relate with that. There are sometimes when God tells you he's going to do something, you know, you're so afraid that, or you, 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 when God sends his word, I, I was considering what our responses, the human, the spectrum of responses. Um, we rationalize it, we dilute it, we, um, we may believe it for a season and then, you know, we become sensible and think, you know, this and we, 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 there are all sorts of responses. But this morning, I think God wants us to have a different response. He wants us to have a faith response to his word. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to do this. And so an unusual thing happened when God was trying to assure Ahaz. He asked him to, to ask God for a sign. And Ahaz said, no, I can't. And it sounds holy, isn't it? When God says, do this, here's a blank check, sign. I was telling Laddie the other day, I said, whenever God asks me for a blank check, I'm always afraid. I don't know what to ask for. I admit it, you know. I think it's too big, you know, sometimes, you know. So he said, I was like Ahaz. I said, no, no, I won't. So God says, okay, I am going to do this myself. I will give you a sign. And the sign was that a virgin will bear um, a child. And... Um, that was one of the signs. And this was a sign. And then he went on to say that within 65 years, <laughs> you know, Ephraim will be uh, history. 
how many of us have waited 65 years for something, for God to do something? I was doing the calculation. Even if my mom, who's the oldest in the house, had waited, she'd have had to be nine years for that promise to have come to her, and she'd still be waiting now. So none of us have waited 65 years. Fast forward 700 years into the future, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew then quotes that very scripture when he's talking about Jesus coming into the world. And to us, you know, he tells us that a virgin shall conceive and give birth and his name shall be called Emmanuel and all that. And so if you think about it, you know, when the word came to to Ahaz, he must have been thinking about his immediate circumstances. And whenever a word from God comes to us, don't we just think about what's immediate to us? We don't ever look into the future. But the zeal of the Lord ensured that that word that had come 700 years before stayed on course, working behind the scenes, working publicly in in a lot of um, respects, but behind the the scenes. And even, you know, pushing 300 years or 400 years before Jesus came. Silence. You know, people had become unaccustomed to hearing, you know, prophets coming and there was a bit of silence between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years. And suddenly, bam. You know, the zeal of the Lord did not... Uh, dissipate because of that 400 years. It was as fiery, as powerful as it had been when his purpose was first established. Amen. Amen. That is the zeal of the Lord. Has God promised you anything? The zeal of the Lord will perform it. If you waited 65 years, like my mom could have possibly, or you've waited 400 years that nobody on the face of this earth has done, it will come to pass. There will be no dissipation of that. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. And so today, it's a very, very short message, really. You know, thinking about reflecting on how we look at Christmas. And we'll read the scriptures that uh, we normally would. So I'll, I'll turn to Isaiah. Um, I'll, I'll go through with the scriptures that I've uh, written out, you know. Um, let's read Isaiah 8, verse 12 to 13. This was obviously um, God uh, speaking about a situation, the situation that was prevailing then, you know. And uh, in verse 12, uh, Isaiah told the people, uh, verse 12 to 13, he says, do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. It's a hard word to take, isn't it? Don't be afraid, don't be troubled. I'm afraid a lot of times, and I am troubled a lot of times. But the Lord is saying to us today, don't call a conspiracy what they call a conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear. Don't be troubled by their threats. If you are going to fear at all, the Lord of hosts, him, you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. So if you're going to fear anything, fear the Lord. If you're going to fear anything concerning your situation, whether it's sickness, it's money, it's children, it's job, it's what are the things? Immigration. It's, there are so many things that we have to uh, juggle in today's life. Let us fear the Lord and stay on course. A lot of people have um, made shipwreck of their souls because they have considered that 
out of fear to sort of park, you know, what God has said, go it alone in the belief that, you know, later on I'll pick up and I'll confess and, you know, God will forgive me. Yes, he's a merciful God. Yes, he's a gracious God. And, but he is a just God. And today he's calling us, I think, to reflect pretty much on our lives, on how we respond to his word. Let's not rationalize his word. Let's not diminish his word. Let's not put aside his word, but let us embrace his word and let us fear. And let us know that whether we see anything, hear anything, feel anything or not, God is working and he is passionate and he's zealous to perform his word and his purpose for our lives, for your life, for my life, for your family's life, for Good News Church. It is so easy for us to look at the number of years, you know, when we started meeting on Zoom, who would have thought almost two years into it would still be here? But here we are today. The grace of God has kept us. The zeal of the Lord has kept us. And Amen. he has not forgotten any one of his precious promises towards us. Amen. Everything he said he will do. Amen. 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 Then we'll move on then to um, uh, Isaiah chapter 9. This is what the Lord is saying to us this Christmas season. And we've sang it and we've spoken it. So we'll read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The world focused on the child that was born in a manger, you know, and it, it starts there and ends there for them. But we need to go a further step and see that a son was given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is not subject to COVID. This is not subject to the 21st century. This is not subject to my struggle or your struggle. This is not diminished by what you've suffered or what your family has suffered or what you've gone through or what is threatening you today. The increase of God's government and his peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward and even forever. This is a, a forever promise. And just in case we forget it, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love the name of God, the Lord of hosts, because that is his military title. This means war. This means passion. This means winning. This means power. This means grace. This means, this means if you can think of the greatness of God, it's encap encapsulated by this. The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Amen. And so I was reflecting a little bit more about the zeal of the Lord um, this morning. And I'll take us to Isaiah chapter 59. So Isaiah 59, I'll read um, a few verses there, starting from verse 17. 
Um, and uh, the verses are really for context, but I'll focus on the zeal of the Lord um, there for a little while. So um, I think we're familiar with Isaiah 59. Most of us are anyway, if we've been around the church um, Christianity for long. We know that the Lord's hand is not short and that it cannot say uh, we are familiar with that. Now, um, in verse 16, it tells us that God sought for a man and there was none for an intercessor. And what does he do when he finds that there is no, uh, you know, there's no resource there? where he's looking for, you know, when he's looking out for you and me to be able to do the things that he wants us to do, what does he do? In verse 17, he says, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate. God got up himself, put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with with zeal as a cloak. Can you just picture the imagery? God is looking around for somebody to do something, to deal with this situation. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, how many times they would sin against God, come back, send prophets, send somebody to go and bring them back. 30 years, they'd be okay. Then they would fall away again and go back to the bowels. And then it was over. It was a constant cycle of falling and standing up, falling and getting themselves into knots like we all, um, normally will do ourselves. And then when things go wrong, we cry out to God and God comes out and he saves us. And this was a constant, constant cycle. And if you want to think about Jesus's birth, God himself decided to show up. God himself decided to show up and he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according, accordingly, he will repay the fury of his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, the coastlands he will fully repay. This gives you a picture of what the zeal will accomplish for God. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Do you feel like the enemy is closing in, causing things to not work for you, causing things to just keep going wrong? You know, you, you, you try this way and you try that way, and it looks like things just won't look. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy for you in Jesus' name. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy for your children in Jesus' name, for your home. If you need money, if you need, if you need food, if you need friendship, if you need um Support, if you need a promotion, whatever it is that you are in need of God for today, just believe that the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy for you. The Redeemer will come to Zion. This is the word of the Lord to us today. The, The Redeemer whom we seek is coming to Zion and has come to Zion. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. The zeal of the Lord is about a covenant relationship. It's not a flimsy promise. It is a covenant relationship. And God is a covenant-keeping God. God is a covenant-keeping God. 
And I know we live in the times where people don't honor their word. People, um, our leaders and politicians sometimes disappoint us. And you can tend to feel like, you know, virtue, honor, integrity is no longer fashionable. But God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he, dis- he doesn't depend on the world standard to be able to do the things that he will do. He's a covenant-keeping God. This is a covenant matter for him. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. God said today, there is no expiration to the word he has spoken over you. The zeal of the Lord shall perform the things that he has promised you. Just like he said, that special Sunday in December 2017, that word is as fresh, is at at work, is working behind the scenes, whether you see it or you don't see it, whether you feel it or you don't feel it. You've got to trust that the zeal of the Lord will perform his word. So the word that he has promised shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants. This is intergenerational. This is not just, I don't know if you can get excited with me. It is intergenerational. So if he has promised me, it goes to Mawata and Judah, and it goes to Mawata and Judah's children, Amen. and it goes to the, it is intergenerational for as long as Jesus shall tarry. Amen. So if he has promised you, Flavia, it goes to Kayla, up to uh, Emmanuel, up to their children and their children's children. If he has Amen. promised you, Brother Charles, he has promised you. He is a covenant-keeping God. It will go to Nosiku. It will go to Sepi. It will go to Boaz and to their children and their children's children. Amaka. It will go to every one of your sons. I know you've been worrying about your sons and your children in Nigeria, but don't worry because God has this. It will protect. It affects your son. It brings all your children and their children into the, into the tent. It is intergenerational, says the Lord from this time and forevermore. Amen. 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 The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. You know, I was reflecting on this. You know, when you read the Bible, you read Isaiah, and then you read this, and then you get kind of get, oh, yeah, yeah, I've read this before. I've seen this before. And I just thought about the book of Hebrews in chapter one, you know, where the Bible says, you know, in the past, God spoke to us through prophets. But in this season, he has spoken through his son, who is the image of the invisible God. He is the very image of the invisible God. In this time, God himself, you know, when we see that baby in a manger, it's not just about a baby in a manger and the lovely story and stars and donkeys and all those things. It is God himself showing up to do what he promised us to do. He showed up at that point in time. And he has come into our lives. We accept him and we believe him and we receive him into our lives. And now he's living in us and with us to be able to do what he wants to do through us and in us. So we are not forgotten. If you are lonely today, I thought about the things that ail us. Loneliness and Christmas time is a particularly difficult time for a lot of people. They feel lonely. You know, you may have lost loved ones or you may have moved from your homes like most of us have. And you are living here. You've got maybe your immediate family. But 
you know, you feel lonesome for your extended family or you feel lonesome for your mother or you may have lost a loved one in this period of COVID. Some people have lost uh, loved ones. I lost a very good friend in, 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 in August. It wasn't COVID related, but it hit me so hard, um, you know, so I know how it can feel. And I, I'm thinking about our children right now and I just know loneliness is a big deal for us. And, you know, um, when we came on, on uh, Friday and we're having a chat uh, with, with Mark, um, I mentioned, um, you know, a family that we'd known from another church. And he made a comment which I reflected on. He says, you know, the church is such a community. But, you know, if you move from one place to another, you know, people just kind of cut off, which is quite regret. You know, it's regrettable that we do that. I think we should we should. Um, love one another in reality, in, 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 in truth, and hold on together. Because what binds us together is not our denomination or our place or individual places of worship or our country of origin and all that. We are bound together because, by, with cords of love because of Jesus Christ. And we shouldn't actually ignore and cut people off because we are no longer in that community and all. we are part of one, one another's body. But today the focus is for anyone feeling lonely. Anyone feeling lonely, the zeal of the Lord, the zeal of the Lord shall perform his word. You have come into the family of God. You are one, you, are, you, are, you, you know, you have been reconciled. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into that of his dear son. You are part of a much larger family and of a much larger process that God is doing. If you have been sick and you're dealing with sickness and disease, it can be tiring to be sick. I know it. It can be. It can be tiring to be sick. It can be discouraging, you know, waiting on God to deliver, to heal, to, you know, to perform his word. And it's, that's what you, you, it's very easy to start rationalizing when you get to that stage. But today, what did God ever say to you concerning your health? The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Um, is it anything that you need in terms of material needs? You know, do you need God to come through for you, materially speaking? The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Do you need a fresh touch from God, uh, from the Holy Spirit, just to rejuvenate yourself so that you stop living life mechanically, you know, and the, the fresh oil, you know, from the presence of God, from the Spirit of God, the zeal of the Lord will perform it. This morning, the word that God encouraged me, he used it to encourage me, to remind me of what he did and said on that day and how significant it was. That even if you are afraid to ask God for a sign, God himself has already not only just given you a sign, he has been the sign, he has come as Jesus into the world. He's the light of the world that has broken into a dark world that doesn't know him that doesn't recognize him. As Mark said, you know, everybody's celebrating the tinsel and the, you know, snow and mistletoe and whatever it is they celebrate, uh, you know, in the commercial Christmas. But Christmas isn't just commercial. Christmas is reminding us of this amazing, amazing divine intervention into the history of man. It is intergenerational. God's plans for us are for good and not for evil. God is passionate about you, passionate about me. And so this Christmas, 
when you sing those hymns or when you sing those carols, when you gather together as family, remember the zeal of the Lord shall perform his word for you. Amen. Amen. Amen.